So if you want to fill that out and turn that in, that'll help us out immensely. I got a couple of prayer requests uh, as you're getting pen or pencil out to write these things down. Beyond, um, beyond the normal announcements, look at the inserts. There's several in there. Um, let me make a comment. We found out yesterday morning that the Ladies Fellowship wrapped up their Bible study, that they completed the materials uh, last at the beginning of this month. So what we have in the bulletin for a meeting in June is not taking place as our understanding. So that paragraph we should void. Um, they'll pick up again, Lord willing later on. Uh, a couple of prayer requests. Let's be praying for a couple of people. Sis Purcell's mother had to have emergency surgery uh, on her abdomen yesterday, and she was in ICU, and they had her on breathing apparatus and things of that sort. And so I don't know any of the details beyond that, that, um, that they're going to try to take her off the various apparatus. So pray for her. Her name is Dorothy Purcell. So pray for her. And then Deb Harner just mentioned that we asked if we would pray for a co-worker of hers. Her name is Jen. This co-worker had some type of an accident that that resulted in a head injury, and it's very, very critical. It happened something to do with her and the golf cart, uh, which sounds kind of funny, but it's a very serious situation. So let's pray for Jen. We'll mention those and pray in the morning service about that. And then you see a wide variety of different events and other things to be thinking about, praying about this, uh, this evening. Uh, nominating committee, fellows, we've been sending you information about that. That meets tonight. Uh, we have the White... Um, White River Addiction Center outreach that's taking place this evening. And then for our church family, very important information that we're going to be sharing this evening. I'd love to have you here. It'd be to your benefit to be here. Um, other things that are happening, see it for yourself. Now, if you're visiting with us, here's what we're going to do in just about 30 seconds. We're going to break up. We're going to go into a wide variety of places around the building. And so what happens is those who are high school graduates to whatever age, you get to pick one of those, uh, is it seven or eight classes that are offered? Seven, I believe, that are being offered right now. We have this week and next week, and then we'll offer a whole new series of different classes. But they're meeting throughout the building. You are welcome to sit in on any one of those. And uh, the young people, they have regular classes, the elementary age, college and career. They're, they have a class that's meeting in the basement area as they kick off the summer ministries with, uh, with that group. And uh, so you can see what's in there. And I don't think I had it in the bulletin. It just dawned on me. Remember that in two weeks from today, we're doing that entire shift for all the elementary and high school. We're moving into what we call promotion. Sunday. That'll be the first Sunday of June. All the junior churches, all the Sunday schools, the kids will start attending the age group, the set group that is for the classes or the grade they'll be in next fall. So that's happening in two weeks. So keep that in mind, parents. If that affects you as far as where the kids get picked up, junior churches and all that, that'll change in June. We're going to let the uh, kids get off. The elementary age, preschool, they're headed out first. They're headed to the basement. Right behind them, the teens. And if you're not staying here for the study on the Bible, how to study your Bible. We'll see you later. See you, dude. Have fun. Hey, for those of you staying in here, you're getting some notes. We're going to do something a little bit different. I'll explain as we go along. But first of all, let's just get our brains working a little bit. Let's see how we do with a little bit of a quiz. Okay, something is happening where is there not a source up there? Is that... I'm not getting anything here. Did they change? Oh, that's because there's... Somebody changed the clicker. Okay. It's not my clicker. There we go.
This will work, right? Okay, name a really bad job for someone who hates kids. Daycare. Daycare. Camp. Camp? Okay, that's not up there, but it's a good idea. Pediatrician, you saw that. Okay, it was up there. Oh, wow. Okay. Any other jobs that somebody... Teacher. Anything else? Bus driver? That'd be tough. Yeah, that'd be tough. Pediatrician, school bus driver, nanny, babysitter, teacher. Number one was daycare worker. 100 ladies surveyed. This is ladies. Name something around the house that wouldn't get done if you didn't do it. Dish everything? <laughs> That's not what you would say. That's what somebody else would say. Correct. Yes. Okay. Ironing? Windows? Dusting? Care of the pets? Yeah, okay. Here we go. Changing diapers, care of the pet, paying the bills, grocery shopping, cooking, laundry and ironing, and cleaning into dishes, and bonus points was 100 points for everything. Okay, name a place you want to sleep, but someone keeps talking too much. <laughs> go ahead, say it. <laughs> yes, in your bed. Airplane? Bus. You're all thinking another one. Okay. Go ahead, say it, Deb. Church. Church. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Work. Church. Hospital. That's true. Okay. School and trainer bus and airplane. And number one was at home in bed. Okay. Here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to jump into something. Take your Bibles. Go to First Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to speak very quick here for the next couple minutes. That'll be unusual. I want to speak quick and just cover a few things. And then what I want to do is show you a video. The video will take most of the time. It's a video that is done. It's a church setting down south. I think Pastor Minnick's church uh, in Greenville. And a young man is making a presentation. The young man has a very sarcastic sense of humor. So some of the things we'll catch and some of you won't. But he's doing a Bible study in the church on the Bible that you're studying. And he's going to be talking about the, the Bible and the format of the Bible. I found it fascinating and very interesting and wanted to share it with you for a food for thought because I've done what he is saying and used a different formatted Bible and can tell you, yeah, it really made a difference in reading and he'll explain all that. But here, let's just uh, stop, those of you visiting. We've been talking about how to improve our Bible study. One of the ways to improve it is to just become more and more familiar with your Bible. That is reading it, reading it. And the more familiar you get, the more your questions will be answered and the more questions will come up. In fact, what's happening is you just start reading and reading and reading your Bible is that you're going to have a work of the Holy Spirit that will help you and improve your Bible study. And so you say, well, I don't understand as I read through and not everything makes sense. That's, that's true. But the more you do it, the more you do it, you will gain and you will build and build and become with familiarity more of a Bible scholar. Now, the work of the Holy Spirit is very, very important in you understanding your Bible. And so you and I have to do things to help him to be able to work in our minds and spirit. And so just to put it in perspective, again, where we were last week and talked a little bit about this material, this is the working of the Spirit in giving us a Bible, okay? When it all started, the Holy Spirit was working by assisting and giving revelation. Revelation was that work of God where God is communicating to men truths that men couldn't get by themselves. Now, when we talk about revelation from scriptures, okay, we're talking sometimes about what is called general or natural revelation, that which you see about God. It reveals something about God, like his might, his power. What is the natural revelation that reveals there is a God. He is powerful. He is awesome. 
creation itself. Okay, Romans talks about there's also within everybody another, uh, another form of general or universal or natural revelation that reveals that there is a right and wrong. There's a moral code. What is that that everybody has? Okay, the conscience. Okay. And then beyond that, we have what we call special revelation. This is when God reveals truth in a supernatural way. Dreams, visions, Jesus Christ, his incarnation, revealing about God and helping us to understand. Sometimes angels would speak. Sometimes God would speak directly to individuals. So we have a variety of different ways that there's revelation given. Now, when the revelation is given to prophets, let's say, and it's coming to a group of people, but it's coming through Isaiah. God worked a work that we would call inspiration. God worked a work that we would call making sure that they got the message right, that they weren't concocting it or dreaming it when Paul was writing the epistles. God was inspiring the writing of those epistles so that he was, in a special way, the Spirit was working so that people would receive the message accurately, and when they would communicate it, it would be accurate communication communication, that it would be delivered so that the words are being chosen, so that the phrases are being chosen, that it is what God wants. This inspiration does not happen on Sunday mornings, okay? I'm not inspired. You who are teachers, we're not inspired in the same sense. We may be inspired by a text we read, become energetic, or we might be inspiring that we encourage people, but it's not that same miracle, supernatural work of the Spirit where all the words and what is being stated is communicated in, in precisely the words and, and uh, it's total clarity. Because there, there are times I'm going to say goofy stuff off the pulpit. Okay, it's going to happen that I'll mix up words or I'll say something and it comes out totally backwards. Yeah, and so that happens to all of us in our communication. But we're dealing, when we deal with the Word of God that's in front of us, we know it was inspired when it was first given that God controlled in a supernatural way. And then as they wrote it, okay, and as God, men were delivering it, it was this work of God where, they, it, where we read in Scriptures that they were moved or they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Part of that carrying along involved what we are going to call inscripturation. Inscripturation was the exact writing of your scriptures, a writing down and putting it into a, a written form where God was superintending that so that people were writing his exact words the way he wanted, even when they were recording history. He was saying, this is the portion of history, and I'm going to have this portion of history written down. And he chose that it was written down. So originally, the Bible was securely coming from the mouth of God, and uh, God dictating, uh, God uh, superintending so the words were right. Now, when we talk in scripturation, like Paul sitting there and writing, we don't believe it was a matter where God is dictating word by word so that everybody, it sounded the same. If you read the epistles, there is a difference in the right, in the, in the gospels, there's a difference the way John wrote, Matthew wrote, Mark wrote. There's uh, phrases that show up. There's personality that shows up. So it's more than a dictation. And it was more than God just saying, okay, John, here's an idea, write about light. And he could choose what he wanted. It was a unique, very unique way that God made sure they were writing exactly what was to be written down, the words, the phrases that are coming from the mind of God, and yet he incorporated the mind of the people. He incorporated the personality of the writer. How that works, it's, it's a miracle. 
And God, God inspired that work. What we have then is then we have the Bible completed. I believe the Bible is completed. This is the, how I understand 1 Corinthians 13. If you look at this text, it says in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, he is talking in the middle of this love chapter. And by the way, the context of the love chapter is he's speaking about the gifts, especially tongues, visions, knowledge, dreams. That's chapter 12, and it's chapter 14. So in the midst of talking about these ways that God is giving special revelation to people, like the prophets, like those who are speaking in tongues, the way that it, that was happening, in the middle of that three-chapter section, he pauses and says, we need to talk about love. And that's because love is more important than the gifts. Having love is more important than standing up and being able to speak some form of revelation. And the church in Corinth was having a problem with that. They were thinking, I'm godly, I can do whatever I want as long as I get a vision, a dream, I speak in tongues. And he's writing and saying, wait a minute, the one thing you should desire more than anything else is love towards one another rather than you get some kind of a gift that you can show off in the church. So that's why this chapter is written. In the course of writing the chapter, he's talking about how love is so much better than other things, and he makes comments at the beginning of chapter, verses 1 and 2, about the preeminence of love, and then he returns to that idea in verse 8. Charity or love never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they're going to fail. Okay, this is a future tense. He's, pro he's predicting that these special revelations are going to stop sometime. Whether there be tongues, they are going to what? They're going to cease. And by the way, the original language is they are going to stop of their own accord. They won't be stopped by external, but they're, going to, they're just going to run out of gas in and of themselves. Whether there be knowledge, this is that inspirational knowledge, that special revelation or... or uh, um, uh, what word was am I looking for? Administrative ability. The sense of, okay, here's, I declare the will of God to you like Paul writes at times. Whether there be knowledge, it will vanish away. And then he makes this comment. For we know, and my King James reads this, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. Now here's the, here's the rub on the verse. Most people, when they read, when that which is perfect is come, they immediately refer to Jesus Christ and the return of Jesus Christ. Okay, and there are good people who come to that conclusion that that's what he's talking about in the text. I don't think that's what he's talking about because he's not mentioned the return of Christ at all in this chapter. He's talking about, in this chapter, about tidbits of revelation, little, little, you know, here and there, a dream of speaking in tongues. That's what he's talking about. And in context, this seems to me a better interpretation. And let me just paraphrase. He's talking about those those little bits of prophecy, those little bits of knowledge, those little bits of tongue speaking. That's not a whole complete revelation, but it's just a paragraph or something somebody stands up to speak. To speak. He says they're going to fail, they're going to cease, they're going to vanish away. Then verse 9, for we know in tidbits, we know in little pieces, and we prophesy in little pieces. That's true. If somebody were speaking in tongues in that day, they would get up and they wouldn't speak the whole book of Revelation. They would just speak phrases, little tidbits. But when that which is full or complete, that which is the, in context, that which is the fullness or the completion of the revelation is come, then that which is in tidbits will be what? It's going to be done away with. 
And that, to me, fits the context clearly that what he is predicting and prophesying is there's going to come a completion to the Bible when you're going to stop and you're not adding more Bible. You're not adding extra books. You're not all of a sudden saying, oh, in the 1500s, we think that the, the Apocrypha now is inspired. No, no, there's going to be a completion the deadline. It's not going to keep on going that people are going to add extra books to the Bible. There's going to be a ceasing. In fact, in Revelations, what does he say? If any man adds to this book, he shall add the plagues to them. If he takes away, there's a possibility his name being taken away. And so the point is that there's going to be a completion to the Bible. At some day, at some time, God's going to end that revelation, which he did, okay, with the book of Revelation. But then he's going to resume giving tidbit revelation in the period called the tribulation. There's going to, again, be visions and dreams. Joel talks about, Revelation 13 talks about the two prophets who will go out. And so there's going to be a resumption of that. But we are living in a time period where there is no ongoing inspiration, inscripturation work of that that is happening. However, there is this work. It's called the work of illumination. This is the work of the Holy Spirit where he enables you to understand the Word of God. And so he assists you so that you can, you can understand it more clearly. So we have in this process God giving revelation, the Holy Spirit correcting, uh, uh, superintending so that men are recording it right. We sit down, we read it, we say, hey, what does it mean? And the Holy Spirit is working so that we get an idea of what's going on. And so this is that work that's, that results in we are confident we have a Bible. The question is, okay, as we study our Bible, how do we get more out of it? Okay, how do we... Here's, here's the... I'm going to punch forward here for just getting into this video. This is a gentleman that's talking about the idea of the way you read your Bible might really, really, really be helpful and what Bible you are reading. Let me just lay it out and just you just take it for food for thought. We're not talking about what translation. That's not an issue as, as far as I'm concerned, saying, okay, we've got to make sure that he's not talking translations, though he'll refer to some. He's talking more of the way it's laid out, that you could take a King James, an NIV, an ESV, and you could read it differently based upon what we're familiar with. Okay, let, let him speak. Let's stop there. The, uh, you get the gist of what he's after. He is just saying, because of the way we are geared to read, is there some way we can improve our Bible reading? The Bible format that what you do really matters. And we did that several years, oh, three, four years ago. We uh, got a whole case of it, and it wasn't a full Bible, but we did the one that's called the story that we made available. Um, and it took out portions of, of Scripture, but it just put in the narrative of the history sections. A number of you, a number of those that we shared that with, they said, man, they sat down and they would read entire exhaustive sections compared to what they normally read in their Bible reading, and that's their goal. Our goal is to try to encourage ourselves to be better Bible readers and to get into it more. Maybe this is a tool, considering that idea of a reader's Bible.